Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Pageants and Prosecco. This is your host, Brett, here, your host with the mostest. And on this episode, I have none other, none other than the fabulous Miss United States 2018, Andromeda Peters. And I'm super excited for you guys to listen to this episode. I know I say that for every episode, but this one is going to be a goodie because we are talking all things mindfulness concentration meditation self-fulfillment we talk about andromeda's past growing up the struggle she's went through how that has helped her grow how she has grown on a pageant stage and about life as a child of a transgendered parent and the book that she has coming out with her dad but first let me tell you just a little bit more about andromeda so you guys can have some context right So, she has her master's degree in social work, her bachelor's degree in psychology, and a minor in theater. So, of course, she's no stranger to the stage. She started theater at age 11, and she's still passionate about writing, acting, and singing. And she's also modeling and is signed to MMG in New York City. And, of course, outside of all things pageantry and beauty, she is a licensed therapist. So part of her platform as a therapist and as Miss United States during her reign is called Your Mind Matters, where she teaches others about mental health and how it's just as important as physical health. And during this episode, Andromeda talks about how mental health is one of the most important parts of pageant prep, period. She's a spokesperson. She has a deep passion for music. She talks about how Her father came from Africa to New York City just for music. It's real. It's deep. She also teaches students the signs on when and how to seek help for themselves and others. She teaches mindfulness techniques, life meditation, and she really just has so much wisdom inside of her. I cannot wait for you guys to listen to this episode. She is part of the DMV pageant cycle of some of the most amazing pageant women that I personally have been stalking for some sometimes. Um, so I'm excited to finally talk to her and get to know what is in the Potomac water that's making these women so successful. But now I think I see it and I hope you guys got the gems that are dropped in this episode. So tune in, get your glasses. Right now as I'm recording this intro, I am drinking a nice Merlot and it's so delicious. Kind of tastes like a little bit like chocolate. But I hope you guys get your glasses. Make sure they're nice and full. This one, this episode, is going to be a goodie. Please pay attention. If you miss it, rewind it, listen to it again. It helps my numbers. (laughs) But anyway, get your glasses. Here is Andromeda Peters, Miss United States 2018. Enjoy. and welcome to Pageants and Prosecco. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Of course, I have to have the Queen, Miss United States, on 
my podcast. It won't be a pageant podcast without Miss United States. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so let's just get started. You were crowned over the summer. Yes, I was crowned. Now it's four months. A little depressing that I only have nine months left, except most. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's still a lot of time, I feel like. But I'm like, oh my God, it's going by so fast. <laughs> it's like, slow down, slow down. <laughs> yeah. So I know this wasn't your first go around, obviously, at Miss United States. So can you just talk to us and tell our learner- listeners about what it took for you to win this time around and how many times did you compete for the title? Yes, I sure can. So the title of Miss United States, you can say that I've competed four times, but um, in terms of the organization, um, I competed three times because there have been so many different changes and transitions, different ownerships, a whole different organization in general. So um, my first time competing underneath the organization that I work with now um, was 2016. Okay. And... um, I would say the difference for me between then to now is really all of the growth that I made from competing. I mean, I first got into pageantry because it was fun. Um, my fiance's mom was, has no daughters. And she was like, you know what, Andromeda, you should totally go. You know, I went and watched XYZ compete. I forget the name. And she was having so much fun up there. And I thought of you the entire time. And I was like, I don't really know. I, I, I was never really into pageantry. I never even watched a pageant before I competed. Like, so weird how I got into it. Um, I was coming out of a really difficult family situation. Um, My family had financial hardship. I lost my stable housing and I was, you know, getting my, getting into my career. I was, um, had moved to the DMV from Massachusetts. I'm from New England originally and was working as a therapist and just feeling like I was coming back alive again. And I wanted to do something that would help me feel confident again. Now that I didn't have to worry about, surviving I wanted to just do something fun and I had always been interested in modeling and music and acting and I thought this would be a good segue for me so that's why I originally competed um and I thought that every time I went I left better and better I left as a stronger person I knew more about myself and it got to a point though where I just really wanted to win and I always wanted to win but I guess what clicked for me was that I felt like I had a purpose something I could offer others with a title, which is exactly what I, what I talked about. I was always, you know, a competitor and worked really hard um, to be great on stage, but I just had to find what I could bring. And that was the difference for me this year. So you competed three times officially, correct? Or four times officially? Mm-hmm. Four times officially. Um, we just had change in organization, different owners, and a whole new direction of the pageant in general. So, um, yeah, that's why it's, it's a little complicated. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard, I've heard. And I'll actually, actually worry about that in a minute. But so what did you learn about yourself each time you went out there on stage? So the very first time I went on stage, I was like a deer in headlights, which is strange because I've always been a performer. I've been doing theater since I was 11. I started off doing improv, and I was like a, a funny kid, like, always good on the spot and I'm really good at non-scripted television and you know just speaking on the fly and that was fine for me um I'm a singer singing was always fine but to but the act of actually being on stage and being judged freaked me out (laughs) I was so nervous about it and 
being that I didn't, I don't have a pageant background, that I didn't grow up watching it. I didn't know any girls who had competed in a pageant before. I had no pageant friends at the time. So I didn't know what to expect. But what I learned was that plainly put that I could do difficult things. I could do difficult things and come out on top. And a lot of my preparation for me was the inner work. I've always um, worked out, been in great shape, um, always been into style and fashion. So it was like, okay, well, I have, I have to obviously bring more to the table because every girl is beautiful in a pageant. Like you don't stand up for being pretty. <laughs> right. Everyone is stunning. So there's gotta be something else to set me apart. And because I was motivated to bring that out when I actually wanted to take home the crown, I had to really get to know myself a lot better. So I learned my strengths. I learned my weaknesses. I learned what I want out of life in general. And I learned how being Miss United States could help me get it. Mm, that's good. That's good. And what is it about, about the Miss United States system that kind of kept drawing you to it? What made you want to keep it? Yes. I mean, I, I love every pageant system. I think everyone loves Miss Universe. Like, I love that you get to go abroad. And um, I love all that. But for me, I got into pageantry like after college. So I was already um, had just gotten my master's degree. I was a therapist already. And I always knew that being Miss USA or being Miss Universe, although you have so many opportunities that come with it, you would have to give that up for a year. And that's just not something that I wanted to ever really do, um, even though there's so many opportunities. But I wanted to grow in my career as a therapist and have a little bit of both worlds. And being Miss United States allows me to live at home, to still be with my family, um, to still work as a therapist, to still do my own independent modeling jobs or anything in entertainment I have so much freedom and I have so much of a say and what my reign looks like what my activities are what I choose to do and not do and I love that freedom about it when I first went to the pageant I remember the director saying um you know we understand that you have careers or that you're in school and we don't want you to have to give that up and that's what kept me coming back and the other thing was that there's so much of an emphasis on service and you can argue that Miss America has the same thing and they do have a very big emphasis on community service, but it's a scholarly pageant. And I was already finished with school. So, um, mm -hmm. and I wanted something that had like the sex appeal and just the edginess. Cause I'm definitely like, I think a very versatile person in style. And for me, Miss United States just had everything I wanted. So that's why I came and having a platform on mental health and self-love, I was just drawn to something that could give me a much bigger voice where my platform doesn't have to be what the organization's charity is per se. I can dibble and dabble in everything and still represent what I want to represent. And I'm a very independent person. And, you know, I don't do well with, you know, a job where a boss is just like dictating everything. I'm not saying that's what other pageants do. But when I was looking for pageants, <laughs> I wanted something to kind of give me, like, let me be a free bird and just do what I really wanted to do, as long as it's in good faith, obviously. But well, yeah, that's what drew me yeah. to it. Oh, well, congratulations Thank on winning and for being persistent. Yes, I too. mean, I just felt like I grew stronger as a speaker, as a performer. Like, I feel confident now going into any audition. And I feel confident getting a yes or a no and not faltering my self-esteem. And I made so much growth and had so much more maturity from competing. That's true. That's true. And I feel like I've been following your career and a lot of the other women who are in the the DMV area because I feel like 
the black girl magic is, yeah, is popping real down here. out there in the pet <laughs> world. I mean, we had the last two black Miss USA's were from exactly, DC. Exactly. It's amazing. It makes me so happy to think about that. It's just so, it's so like, I don't know, because you don't have that really anywhere it's else true. in the pageant world besides like DMV. And if you think about it, and if you think about it too, <laughs> even all of the black Miss United States were still from the DMV. Ashley Smith is from Virginia. Oh, Candace Dillard, my coach, is from, um, she was DC. So, like, we're all from here. It's, it's the craziest thing. I never really put all that together until right now. <laughs> it must be something in the Potomac. Yeah. Right? Not Potomac. It must be something in the Potomac. Yeah, pop, maybe. <laughs> Don't drink it, but probably. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are all so gorgeous and also accomplished. I feel like there's nobody out there that I've been stalking the last few years who is, like, lacking anything that I, I know. And it's, like, it's all, like, really polished women out there i'm like impressed you. yeah there's a good batch of girls here i'm I'm pretty proud to represent the dmv and you actually you actually just mentioned candace dillard who was miss united states uh, 2013 okay that's right i thought it was th- i should have went with that first um and she's now on real housewives of potomac and she yes too. she is why i'm who i am <laughs> And then, like, in full disclosure, I did work with Candace too, heading to uh, Miss Black USA two years ago. But besides all that, what is one of the biggest things that she taught you about competing in the system that you think really made you successful? Oh, my gosh. So many things. Well, I just want to say that she is just a magical person. And, like, pageant coach, yes, but friend and mentor and like big sister, the whole nine. Like I learned so much from her as a woman, not just as a pageant competitor. And, you know, when I got into pageantry, I was coming from a different circumstance than most girls, like, you know, not having any stable housing for, you know, most of my academic career in college and undergrad, I was coming out just a little broken, a little disconnected, um, and a little hurt and just wanting to find my happiness again and find my footing. And I was always a very joyful person. Don't get me wrong. I didn't lose that when I was going through a difficult time, but I didn't know how to let people in and share that. And I had competed in pageantry um, for a full year before I even met Candace. And that whole time, well, that one time I was afraid to really speak my truth and share what I had been through. And she gave me so much empowerment to share my story. Number one, which is such for any therapist well, that will tell you that is such a healing component just to be able to speak what you went through and that you're a survivor, put it behind you and that's it. But not only that, but she allowed me to be empowered enough to share my story to empower so many other girls so that you can be a queen no matter what background you come from, no matter your family makeup or financial status, like there's nothing to stop you from being a high achieving woman. And I've been able to accomplish that, not just in pageantry, but also in my career and my life. And I feel like I'm just getting started in a lot of ways. Um, that's the one big thing that she did for me. But in general, I would say really getting to know myself, getting to know um, what makes me tick, what makes me happy and joyful, and being able to proudly articulate that, um, being able to show more personality on stage. I mean, I was always good at walking and smiling, and that was that. But I needed to bring so much more out, and she like pulled it out of me. Um, so, and just really, um, a lot of pageant etiquette. I mean, when I first was doing pageantry, um, I was taking my headshots at home with my future mom-in-law, which it's great. I mean, she's amazing, 
but teaching me the importance of, you know, working with pageant photographers, um, quality of hair extensions, wardrobe, like there's so much that puts a full package together. And she told me that I have the full package, but let's equip myself with the accessories to bring it out even more. So I learned so much from her and she truly is an inspiration. (laughs) That's good. That's good. It's like it's kind of like mindfulness, right? It really is. I mean, that's how I look at it. Of course, since mindfulness is like my arena of life, but definitely just connecting me back with myself. Um, and she is, and she's someone who will just look at you and find out your personal strengths. She never told me what to do. You know, I've, I've worked with coaches in the past who are like, "Do this, do that. Don't wear this, don't wear that." Um, and she has just allowed, guided me into you know, doing things that fit in with what makes Andromeda Andromeda and not trying to make me a Candace or a Deshauna or a Kyra, me being a me and being totally fine with that. And I love that. I think that's a real good gem you just gave all of our listeners is to truly be your authentic self. And that's what the judges are going to like. That's what they're going to be drawn towards is who you are and who you present yourself to be on stage and not trying to copy the last queen who won or mimic their outfit mimic their hair but just say look this is who you got you either gonna like it or I'm gonna just keep coming back and you gotta crown me until you you know you're gonna crown me or you're not this is who I am (laughs) absolutely yep and also to not put any value like not to put any personal value on a pageant like girls whose pageants are like I'm not good enough I'm not this it's like hang on honey it's just a job you didn't get the job this time but you're still all the amazing things that you thought you were before you competed <laughs> yeah it's so true so true I think people kind of forget yeah, that and they kind of lose themselves afterwards mm-hmm, totally that's so good for you to say I know part of your platform is mindfulness and like being self-care and like self-care and taking care of your body correct? yeah I mean just the person as a whole mind, body, soul. And I want to encourage people, um, not just as a therapist, but as a public figure, as a personality, just to love yourself. And, you know, if you think about all of the thoughts that you think of in your head every day, and how many of those thoughts are criticisms, I guarantee you, you would lose count. So I teach people about how to reframe those thoughts so that their subconscious mind is permeating positivity. So that when you're sitting in the down, when you're sitting down having say a dessert you're not thinking about how much you should work out afterwards or how many calories you're thinking i deserve this i work so hard it's delicious and my body's amazing exactly as it is you know what i mean so really helping people get into their psyche so that they can become like their biggest cheerleaders i never thought about it like that yeah i think a lot of times we do like unknowingly just like bash ourselves all the time all the time without even like thinking about yeah. it yeah and we think and it's and it's a normal thing right it's it's so abnormal when people are like love myself what are you talking about but it's like that's what we should be naturally you know we should naturally be proud of who we are and you know unapologetically um authentic in our nature you know so I really encourage that yeah. you know and um I've been using a lot of my platform to really get me more into life coaching so that I can really help people, not just in pageantry, but whatever you want to accomplish as a high achieving woman, especially be able to have the positive mindset to support that. And when you competed in your pageants, what is something you did backstage to kind of keep you grounded and not get you all 
freaked up or nervous or have anxiety when it came to com- competing? It's funny that you asked that. So it's actually shifted over the past few years. So when I first met Candice a few years ago, I would do push-ups backstage. I'll be hyped. Like, yeah, I'm ready to go. Like, <laughs> like pal, you don't get up off the floor. <laughs> oh, my gosh. However, however, um, I really wanted to be centered and to be aware. Have you ever walked on stage, walked off and been like, I have no idea what I just did? Yeah. Right. So exactly. So it's just like a blur. You're like one big blur. So what I wanted to do was increase my sense of awareness. So I can tell you what I did. I can tell you how I felt. I was totally present that entire time and my nerves were not running me wild. So people were actually laughing at me this year because before interview, I was in a corner meditating backstage. I would do my little walkthrough in my head and I was in a corner meditating and I was social. Don't get me wrong. I was making friends and having a good time with the girls and I'm still in touch with a lot of them. But when it came to my focus time, it was socializing is cut off. You know, I wasn't rude, but people knew not to bother me and I was just focused. And I also used um, these essential oils through this company called doTERRA that I work with. And um, they sponsored me a couple oils um, actually at nationals. They mailed me a package. So I hadn't even decided to use these oils at all prior to getting there. But there was one oil called Motivate. It was a blend that helps with energy. Because if you think about like nationals week, you're exhausted. You have early rehearsals, late events, you're always on your feet and the high heels and you have to be on all the time. So that really gave me a burst of natural energy. And then passion is the other oil that I use that really helps to lower your heart rate, helps with focus, and it helps to alleviate symptoms of anxiety, not just in your head, but the stuff actually works. And there are studies that show the effects that these oils have on the brain. So I have my little wellness kit, I have my essential oils, my meditation. I had a guided meditation that I listened to every single night. And in addition to that, I would literally literally envision myself with the crown being placed on my head. I could tell you what it felt like. I can tell you what the sash felt like so that when it happened, it felt real. I felt like it was exactly where I needed to be. It was like second nature. Like I had already been here before. Exactly. I had envisioned it so many times way before I had even gotten there. So between that and my little essential oils, it really helped my mind stay clear and help my body stay physically balanced as well. Oh, that's smart. That's a different perspective in pageant training that a lot of people take for granted. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, that's why I'm using my year to speak up more about that. Help girls um, get with the essential oils, help girls with mindfulness. Um, like my life coaching is not just pageantry, but just whatever big event you have, whatever big accomplishment you want to, you know, attract into your life. Like, let's put the tools in place to help you get there. So, and honestly, I would never have found that path if it hadn't been for me doing what I did for Miss United States this year. I think um, Kobe Bryant also said something too, to that effect. Like he had seen himself making so many jumps and winning the championship. By the time he got there, it wasn't like a new experience. Like when he won, it was like, oh, I've been here before. I'm familiar with this feeling because I've dreamt about it for so long so that when it happens, it was like nothing new. It was as if it was second nature or already rehearsed. Exactly. It's so true because if you don't believe it yourself, you can't convince another judge that it should be yours. You know, the Mission United States interview was round robin. So it's probably in total about a 20, 25 minute interview, which is long for a pageant, right? But you're going from judge to judge spending about three minutes, sometimes two, sometimes one, depending on who your director is. And um, you can have five to seven judges, sometimes eight. And 
you have to keep up your energy and your enthusiasm. When I walked into that interview, it was basically like, crown me now. I can tell you what tomorrow looks like. I can tell you what six months looks like. I can tell you what I've been doing up to now. I know exactly what I'm going to take this organization. And I know I'm just getting started in so many ways, but I'm already a little impressed about what I've done so far, if I even say so myself. <laughs> well, let's just go ahead and talk about it. Wait, but first, is that how you approach your round robin? Is that kind of like, your direction of the conversation that how it went yeah I mean it was really I, I was I wasn't in your face but it was um I, I I allow things to happen organically and if you you can always expect to get the why you question right or why you of all the other girls in the country because every girl from every state is there and it's just a matter of I I have a sense of direction already as a queen the crown and sash for me is something to give me a boost, but this is not going to stop me or delay me from living out my mission, which is to help people learn to love themselves, to help our country connect with mental health. I mean, I can speak so passionately that it almost makes me tear up, which is actually one of the first tips that Candace gave me. Like, you should be so passionate about what you love that you are moved internally. And I could truly feel that this year because I know my purpose. Mm. And what do you think that is? I truly believe that I can put things in a context for the average person to get. I can relate with anybody who I meet because I know how to meet people where they're at. Part of it, honestly, I think is a lot of what I've done as a therapist because you, you know, you receive so much practice and working with people who are new to you and making people feel comfortable. But I use that hook to my advantage because if I can get people's attention, um, get them to feel comfortable with me, I can help them believe in themselves. I can help them learn to love themselves. And I truly believe that even though I have so many passions in music and modeling and all these other arenas of entertainment, I also believe that being a healer is another purpose of mine to really help people feel alive again. And although I'm such a big advocate for mental health awareness, I'm also different because I'm not just an advocate for traditional mental health. And I say that to say that there's a lot of emphasis on therapy once a week and seeing a psychiatrist, which is all great, but I still think that the work has to continue with you as an individual outside of individual therapy. So that's a lot of what I advocate and promote even before I even won this or competed for my state pageant. It's just something I really care about because I just believe that every single person is equipped with greatness. Oh my goodness. I love it. (laughs) I love it. So what have you done so far with your reign since the summer is when you're crowned? I feel like it's something every few days. Um, I have done a lot of local work um, in the DMV. I mean, the DMV, saying it together sounds like it's a small place, <laughs> but there are so many places to travel within the DMV. I mean, just the state of Virginia is so different. I mean, you've got Northern Virginia, which is right near the capital. Then you've got the rest of Virginia. You've got the countryside. So there's so much here. And I've done a lot of local advocacy I've done a lot of speaking but more importantly I've done a lot of mental health workshops and I invite women into these workshops and I teach them about the importance of self-care of meditation of affirmations of expressing your creativity and how to form a well-rounded self-care or wellness package so that when you leave the workshops if your therapist were to go on vacation tomorrow or if you don't even have a therapist you wouldn't know how to take care of yourself so Mm -hmm. I also want to work with women so, so much. And I'm so passionate about that because there's a lot of focus on the Me Too movement right now. And I am not 
a Me Too survivor per se, but I did have a really scary situation in college where um, an upperclassman attempted to make unwanted contact with me. However, I'm also trained in martial arts, so I was fine. <laughs> I was oh my fine. goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you have your own secret weapon on you. Pretty much. And I want women to be equipped to be able to take care of themselves in any situation. But the reality is, is that I was pretty shaken off afterwards. So I did see the school therapist who helped me process that. And then even once I got over that hurdle, I kept going just to have like someone who was totally objective just to listen to me and just to support me and just to feel validated in so many other like decisions, like going to grad school. I went to a therapist to help me brainstorm ideas, like just so many things that were coming up in my life that I wanted to process with someone around. And so I bring that up because there's a lot of focus on the Me Too movement and bringing women together, but I want to help our country take the next steps. Let's equip our women not just to be able to physically take care of themselves, but should they have a scary situation, what can they do to heal? Who can they call? And is it a scary thing to see a therapist and really getting over that stigma because when I was in college, there were so many girls who were not as fortunate and there's so many universities where so many girls have experiences like that. And a lot of them don't see a therapist and it's really sad because they're either afraid or they, they blame themselves. A lot of shame and guilt comes with experiencing a really traumatic or scary event. So I just want to be as vocal as I can so that every person can feel comfortable talking to someone if they need it. You know, you bring up a good point, too, because I know there are some things out there for survivors and, like, other women, but a lot of times people who haven't had, like, like, who haven't been raped or who haven't had, like, a huge trauma but are still being affected, you know, you kind of feel like, well, you know, I just went through this thing that's traumatic to me. It might not have led down a serious path, but, like, what I did experience is traumatic. Where can I go? And you can't necessarily go sit on a support group with, like, rape survivors because maybe you didn't get raped yeah. or someone said something off the wall. And, you know, or you might have blocked it. So how do I deal with the trauma of what could have happened or, like, survivors remorse, something like that? That's kind of a that's a good it's point so you true. brought up. Yeah. I mean, trauma, so easily defined, is just a scary event that is difficult to just get over, to put it plainly. You know what I mean? Like, that's, like, the... <laughs> very simple definition and that could mean something as getting in a car accident or almost being hit by a car or um being catcalled or um you know witness having a family argument it could be anything and there's this imposter syndrome that's out there that we talk about in therapy where you think that something has to be bad by this means in order to get help in order to feel supported but really therapists are here for anyone <laughs> you know and i and when i when i speak to children in schools it's also about you don't have to have an event that leads you to therapy. You can just have somebody to talk to, you True. know, and that's mm-hmm. totally fine. Just somebody to listen to you. And that's a part of self-care. And I want people to be, take pride in their self-care packages. And, and like, I want them to see therapy, like going to the gym. Like I'm just taking care of my mind. That's it. You know, and if yeah. I don't see a therapist, I'm just going to meditate or do affirmations or whatever it is that makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know why people don't really like look at your brain as if it's not something that has to be worked on. Too like you got to work out your biceps. That's not a. That's not like a thing. It's not controlling my heart. I got to work out your legs. That's not controlling my my thinking. You know, exactly. we work out all all these other body parts, but our brain is what's controlling all our body parts. Like it's thinking, it's it's moving our body. You know, our blood. It's our control system. It's like the headquarters. Like if you can't work yes. on all the departments in the store and not work on 
corporate. You know what I'm saying? I love that analogy. And it's so, it's so easily, so plainly put. I love that analogy. You're so right. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when it comes to like self-care and mental illness, what do you think is the biggest stigma or biggest fear from people from taking that step to getting help, getting help, I guess? Yeah, it's a pretty complicated answer because there's so many variations that play a role and um, sorry, variables that play a role. And some of it could be cultural, um, depending on your genetic makeup. Some families and cultures don't even believe in mental illness, you know, mm. or believe in therapy. So emotional conversations around emotion are just not had in households. Um, based off of your culture and even if it's not a culture that ties into ethnicity it could be just a family culture of we just don't talk about that or our our family secrets stay in the household you know you shouldn't be telling our business to anyone um or the fear of also being looked at as i'm complaining or i'm weak a lot of women who do survive traumatic events think that um they are being extra or too much to go out and receive help um also the thought process of I'm crazy if I see a therapist, like something's wrong with me and I want to be normal, but seeing a therapist is normal. And that's what I really try and get people to see. I mean, if like you just said, if you take care of your body, you go to a doctor whenever you're sick. I mean, whenever you have something that's emotionally difficult that you need help with, seeing a therapist is a normal, regular thing. And I applaud people for normalizing that really, because I think more of our country, especially needs to hear that. All over the world, but really in our country, I, th- I think there's so much that we can do here um, on our soil to really help people understand not just the power of therapy, but also that it's a regular thing. And that's why I love speaking about this as Miss United States, because as a national title holder, as a public figure, I can put a face to therapists and get people to realize that seeing a therapist isn't so scary. Like once they talk to me, they're like, you're a regular person. You're pretty cool. I'm like, I know. But therapy, <laughs> <laughs> therapy is such a hidden um, profession because there's a lot around confidentiality and privacy, right? So you're not seeing therapists on reality television talking about anything, which is, you know, I'm not saying that you should, but it, 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 it um, makes it more difficult for people in our country to um, put a familiar face to therapists or to put a friendly face to therapists. It's a little scary. It's a little daunting. And the unknown, I think, is really what is contributing to the stigma. Yeah, I think people also see, like, therapists as, like, that they don't look like them, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, like, a stereotypical, like, white male, like a shrink, and you just, like, lay back and tell you all your problems, too. But yeah, like you, you know, those black women therapists, and I would feel more comfortable going to a black woman personally. And I think that a lot of times people just don't know, like, you know, you can get a therapist that's black or you can get a therapist that's a woman. You don't necessarily need to go to, or I think they all have this kind of ideal therapist look to them that kind of scares them away too. Exactly. Yep. So I just, you know, put a face to the profession, um, not just as a therapist, but also as a life coach so that you know, people can really see that there's people who can relate to them who are out there to help them. So, you know, I want to help people feel their best. And I love helping people feel good about themselves. And it's a process. Like sometimes it's hard for people to look themselves in the mirror and tell themselves that they love themselves. It's difficult to do, but once it becomes a muscle that you exercise, it becomes second nature. True. True. So I kind of want to get back to Miss United States in the pageant. 
Yes. Um, what's going on as far as the legalities of it? Have you heard anything? Cause there's some things going on, a pageant rumor wheel that I've heard, like there's different directors or a director stepped down, there's some legal battles. Are you able to enlighten our viewers on what's actually happening? Yes. And I hope that after this, people are not too scary to come and compete because <laughs> not as scary as it sounds. So we did have a national director who did step down. She's now with a different pageant organization as the national director there. And because my organization has been owned by a family for over 30 years, the family has just taken over as the face of the organization. And the difference is that, which I've never seen before, there is no national director. There's a national team. So the family has a team of people who are responsible for different things. One is working with the queens. One is on websites and media. Um, one is on logistics and business and branding. So everyone has their own role, which is much easier for us and for contestants because you know who to go to for what thing. I mean, once once everything is I guess the website is also under construction, so it looks a little sketchy, but it's just under construction right now. They're putting a lot more information on it, and they're also looking for a lot of state directors. So once all, every state director has been identified, all that will go on the website, and the website will be finished, and people can get a lot of questions to their answer, answers to their questions. Um, I think in terms of legality, I don't know a lot of detail, but what I do know is that there's a lot of branding and logos that they were the current um, – national team and the former national director were trying to work out in court who who gets what it's like when a family splits up you have a meeting who gets what mm-hmm. and that's, that's pretty much it so I think all that is done as in terms of what I've been told um so that we can just focus on branding focus on the rest of our year um and just allow us to flourish I mean there's eight different title holders that's also the difference between my organization and all the others so there's so many different age groups so they have their hands full with each and every one of us and helping trying to help all of us shed light and highlight our our goals and our platforms so um once they got through the meeting who gets what it's just now a matter of let's make the rest of our reign be amazing and let's make the rest of um the year for the next girls be amazing and they've already established that the pageant is going to be in las vegas next year Ooh. um It'll be the very first week of August. So that should be really exciting. So, you know, we're already moving forward, you know. Um, and I think, you know, I know legal sounds scary and going to court, but like you have to go to court to work things out um, in terms of it being on paper. So, okay. Uh, with the team, are you in constant communication with them? Yeah, all the time. They're probably sick of me by now. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, I, this is why I like, I mean, they definitely have a vision for what they want us to accomplish, but it's also a matter of Andromeda, what do you want? And I'm like, okay, well, I hope you're ready because here it is. <laughs> so um, we had a planning meeting last week. We're in touch every few weeks. We have uh, phone conferences with the national team and all the girls and the moms for the girls who are teens and, and younger. Mm-hmm. Um and just planning what the rest of our year will look like um, as a whole and also for us as individuals, because I like that everyone still gets their spotlight, even though there's eight of us. Oh, okay. Well, cool. Okay, that gives us a little bit more confirmation that things are going good and smooth. Mm-hmm. So, so a lot what... of exciting things coming up, so I'm really excited about it. 
was the social media accounts also part of the whole separation too? Yeah, so um, in the, I would say the family meeting, we did not get the previous um, social media accounts. So we have had to start fresh, which has been fine. Um, again, for the girl coming in, um, who can, for the girls coming in who compete next year, um, it's going to be a whole new branding, a whole new organization, a whole different vision. So starting fresh makes sense. Um, when the transitions happened for the system before um, Steffi, the previous national director came on board, transitions happened then with social media accounts. Um, it looks like there will be more consistency with who is actually heading the pageant going forward. So those accounts that we have now should be, you know, pretty secure, not changing or anything like that. So um, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so just like a like a divorce, and they just got to split everything up between the two parents. Pretty much, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good to know. That's good to know. Um, so what would be your biggest, your biggest like, pitch to people who are considering this system for next year? What would you say to them, in, like thirty seconds? I would say if you have something that you yourself are passionate about something of service to others that you think that having a large platform like being Miss United States can help you to promote, then this is the pageant for you. There is so much autonomy in this organization. There is so much of a collaboration and a freedom to also being able to head your reign along with the national team. And to have a dream and have a vision with a team of individuals who want to support you in that is the best thing you could ask for. In addition to that, of course, the glamour and all the fun photo shoots and wardrobe and all the wonderful things that come with pageanting is also very much included. <laughs> but, <laughs> but also the focus of really bringing your dream to light, bringing your platform to light to really make a difference. Um, and I'm fortunate to be able to be planning my workshops now outside of the DMV. Um, I have some things coming up in New York. I'll be going down south, working my way out west. So I'm really excited to have the support to help me really live this dream and see this through. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> that's so good. Um, I love it. I love it. And then, like you said, there are nine categories, starting with Little Miss, which is eight, and then going up to Misses, which is... I think, like, like any age Miss. you want to be for Misses. I think, yeah, I think you have to be at least 21, though. Yeah, you mm -hmm. have to be at least 21. Um, and there's, is there nine of us? Oh, yeah, eight, nine. Oh, God. Um, so, um, yeah, I, mean, I think you can be, as long as you're 21 and up, you can compete in Mrs. And you have to have been married for six months also. Oh, okay. That's new. Mm -hmm. That's new to me. And there's also Ms. Woman, which is 36 plus. Yes. And I believe, I, I think that you could have been married before and had a child um, yeah yeah may <laughs> not have been free i'm on the website I'm just, okay i feel me. like oh my gosh <laughs> you're this by heart <laughs> oh no you're fine that's your category i'm on the website <laughs> right. but yeah for miss 36 plus or miss woman may or may not have been previously married and or given birth and then there is the miss 20 to 29 and a 30 to 35 and those can't be married. Eh. Okay. For those who are listening, just go on, on the website. You'll see. Yep. Um, Mrs. United States.com. Yes. 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 Thank you. 
Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so then talking more about like your upbringing, I know you mentioned that you had um, not the easiest, you know, transition from high school to where you are now. Yeah. Can you just tell us a little bit about like, yeah, you know, my childhood. Makes you you. Yeah. yeah. Um, what a rough patch in my life, but I had a very happy childhood. Um, I was talking to my grandmother on Thanksgiving, actually. My family is up in Massachusetts, and I was just like, we we're just talking about all of these beautiful memories that I had with her because growing up, oh my God, so my, my life, my family story, I, um, growing up, my mom and I lived with my grandmother, and my father lived in New York. He is a musician from Ghana, so he came to New York, um, never wanted to leave New York, and my parents were married at one point, and they got divorced when I was eight. Um, my mom came out when I was 10 years old saying that she was a lesbian and I was like, okay, you know, like I'm eight or 10, you know, like I think kids don't really have a lot of judgment that adults have, which was really nice. <laughs> Did and, you understand what she was trying to tell you? Um, yeah, that she is attracted to women instead of men. I was totally fine with that. You know, um, I was an only child. So for me, that meant just kind of the only thing that I was thinking of was, okay, that means I'm going to have to share my mom's company with somebody else. <laughs> so used to having her to myself. <laughs> um, and then she did marry my stepmother when I was 16. We met my um, former, they're divorced now, met my former stepmother um, when I was around that age, 10, 11. And um, she had a daughter who was around my age group as well, also an only child. And then my niece was born, who's my goddaughter, and she's absolutely beautiful and amazing and smart and intelligent. Um, she's 10. And then my parents did eventually divorce. Um, my mom and my stepmom eventually divorced um, a few years ago. And um, my mom is now my dad. My mom came out as being transgendered a few years back when I was in college, um, transitioning from female to male. And... Um, that was a big learning lesson for me. Um, not lesson, but that was just a population that I knew nothing about at the time. It wasn't as prevalent uh, in the media as it was when my dad came out as being trans as it is now. So mm-hmm. um, I haven't really spoken that much about it in pageantry because I have my own platform that I want to focus on, but I'm definitely open and I'm always willing to talk about it. That just wasn't like the highlight of my platform. So you can imagine yeah. in a pageant interview that could take up all your whole time. <laughs> Um, but I support my dad and we're actually working on, um, a book together talking about, um, our life together. And he's like my best friend. And, um, so really close with my grandmother, but even still, and people ask like, how was that experience? And for me, my mom had always been very masculine and, you know, like the muscles and the short hair and exercise and, I learned at an early age that you can still be strong and beautiful. I was never afraid to work out or play sports. And that was always great. Um, I wasn't forced to wear dresses when I didn't want to. That was nice too. I could wear whatever I wanted to wear. Um, and we definitely always had a father-daughter relationship. And I would say, I think knowing this, my dad back then always made sure I was surrounded by strong, beautiful, and intelligent black women who looked like me. My aunts, my godmothers. I have two godmothers. Um, my grandmother, I was always around just a loving group of women who are still a part of my life today, who just helped make me who I am. So I feel like I didn't miss out on much. Um, I was just always surrounded with love. And before my mom um, had financial hardship, I always had everything I wanted and could ever ask for as, as a child. I never had to worry about anything. Um, we just had a really rough time. 
um, later on in life, like teenagehood into going into college. And I got a job at an early age and supported myself, but it also taught me to never take anything for granted. And um, my, my family's in a much better place now. So they have been able to financially support um, my pageant career because it's expensive. <laughs> but, um, but at the same time, that experience in my life just was really eye-opening. And that's why I'm so passionate about telling people that any experience that you have is not who you are. It's just something that you experienced. And um, I'm not saying just snap your fingers and get over it, process and heal, but it doesn't make you who you are. So that's where a lot of my ammo comes from that led me to mindful helping people with that thought process. Was there any, and this might be like a personal question, but was there any like, personal healing you had to overcome yeah absolutely that's a great question apps to answer your question yes and a lot of that happened on the pageant stage to be honest um that's really what pageants have been for me and for me each time I competed in a pageant it was a testament to how much healing I had actually done for my first pageant to winning Miss United States to me people don't understand really like it was more than just winning the crown it was winning me back and showing myself that you know I have been able to still allow myself to have beautiful abundant experiences no matter what difficulty I I had to overcome growing up and um, I knew that my story and my journey could inspire so many more girls and that's why it meant so much more to me than just winning and um Every time I would do a pageant, and if I didn't win, I would go back and say, okay, well, what can I work on? And it just so happened to be that I wasn't focusing on emotionally healing, but I had to do a lot of emotional healing to be able to present my best self. So I had some um, motivation <laughs> to actually make that happen and commit to my healing. Um, so that's why I was so hooked. You know, I was just like, pageants for me became an outlet. And then once I felt a lot better, um, I began to present my best me on stage and every coach would tell me like, I'm not, I'm not bragging, but my very first pageant, they were like, you're going to win. You're going to win this pageant. Um, and obviously I didn't win my first pageant, but they saw something in me that I just had to connect with myself. And I'm happy that I was able to connect and also help people now do the same. Oh my gosh. That's so great. That's just like a, it's like a full 180 or yeah. I always get confused because sometimes I say it's like full 360 and they're like, well, that's where you're back to where you started. But, <laughs> I know, right? I have to think about that too. Like what? It's like a full 180 you made. But yeah, you're so right. It really was. And it's like, you have to really like grasp what you've been through, take it, look at it, and then see how you can fix it and then release it. I feel like that's something that you did on a pageant stage. Like from, yeah. when you, from, just from hearing from you, from like when you started to where you are now, you saw it identified it took a hold of it and they fixed it and they released it and now here you are exactly people had no idea I mean, they're just like oh you like pageants and I'm like yeah, yeah if only you guys knew what I'm really doing you know like you know the, the nervous <laughs> girl on, on stage you know it, it wasn't that um I didn't see my light it was that I had so much to work through and each time I went on stage I was working through something working through something and now I'm like a free bird you can send me anywhere and I'll 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 deliver <laughs> Oh, and this was so great about like getting to know you and all the queens that I interview is that it's deeper than rap. Like pageants are, are serious. Like it's, it's real, it's deeper than just practicing walking in heels or going over your talent 600 times or working with the interview coach. It's a real 
process. It's a personal development process that you may or may not ever attain, but it's just like you're constantly working on something. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, so that's what for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, go ahead. What were you gonna say? Oh, so that's exactly what it was for me. Yeah. And of course the podcast is called Pageants and Prosecco. Mm-hmm. And the listeners know I love me a nice glass of wine. And so I'm curious, do you like wine? And if you do, what kind of wine do you typically go for? I love wine and I am more I'm more of a wine when it comes to alcohol. Um, not that I'm anti-alcohol, but I'm more of a whiner than anything. So um and I think as a woman, as it could be a part of any social interaction. <laughs> What significance behind having some wine with your girls or with your grandma or your mom? You know what I mean? So it's like always something fun to do and bond over. But anywho, I recently, just last year, got into Malbec. Um, it's a drier red wine, but it I love also the combination of wine with good cuisine. I'm definitely a foodie. So for me, it complements any meal, um, any meal that has lots of flavor. I love being able to wash down um, nice herbs and spices with a nice glass of Malbec. And I'm also a big fan for a white wine. I like Riesling. I know, I don't get, a, I don't know if everyone is a huge fan, but for me, it's like if Chardonnay and Moscato had a baby, it's not too bitter and it's not too sweet. It's just right. So those are my favorites. And that's kind of cool. You mentioned those two because those are like opposites. Right. One is, one is dry and red and one is on a sweeter end white. I am a Gemini, so I guess oh. <laughs> it all makes sense now. It all makes sense. Oh my goodness! Well, Malbecs are really good, and um, they typically originate in Argentina and um, Chile. Those are some of the best areas for Malbecs, too. Oh my gosh! I yeah, it is Spanish wine. You're right. So makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I actually love Malbecs too. They're really nice. It's like a good alternative besides like Cabernets. Exactly. Yes. And the only thing I don't like about it is that I'm the kind of person, the kind of kid, like who could not get away with lying about eating candy because everything I eat turns <laughs> my lips that color. <laughs> so my lips are always like purple after having some, but it's fine. We just don't take pictures. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's kind of cool. You also mentioned drinking with uh, females too. Um, typically people who drink wine there's I think there's three types four types and one is the independent drinker the one who just has a glass by themselves just to have a glass and then there's the people who social drink so they only drink when they're around others and then for women there are wine winos who drink wine just with women as like a conversation piece or as like um, the gift to the group in a sense it's like the psychology behind wine I love that my friend and I, which probably not the best idea, sorry, um, children listeners, we used to have wine Wednesdays. <laughs> so every Wednesday, we would have wine together. And we would each have our own little bottle of it. And not the best idea middle of the week, but it was fine. We were just in our dorm room together. Didn't go anywhere. We would have wine with cheese and listen to music and make dance party videos. So oh, it was a good time. That sounds kind of cool. It is. I also love to drink with my fiance when we cook dinner together. That's also something nice, but it's it's rare. We don't we don't do it often, but it's nice when it happens. Aww, oh, nice. Do you guys have a date set already? Not yet. And at first, I was like, okay. Um, I I know pressure. Like, when do I start planning? 
And um, a lot of people were asking me, like, are you waiting to get married because you want to be Miss United States? And I was like, <laughs> um, no, he's a rapper and he has things that he's working on. And it's kind of like this really crucial time for us. I feel like it's that time where we could go one of two ways. We could just go the family route, get married now, have children, or we can just do our thing in terms of like our areas of interest and support one another. And we definitely want to go that route first, like going on tour and we're recording in the studio. Um, I'm, I'm working with some modeling agencies now. So it's just a really big time and we just don't want to lose our momentum. So, and yeah. I'm also thinking like, being Miss United States, traveling the country, and maybe even outside the country, hopefully. <laughs> um, more of that would be nice. Um, it's hard to like wedding plan and do all of that. So I was just like, that's just a lot of pressure. So we're just going to take it day by day. I mean, it definitely will happen soon. Um, but not planning as of yet. We're just really focusing on just making moves. We have so many dreams and aspirations, and we're such a driven power couple. And we're just budding. Like people don't really know our full passions and interests yet. Well, now you do, but um, <laughs> yes, people on social media don't because we're just so focused on what we're doing and just being a strong team while doing it. Aw, and you have plenty of time to be married. Oh my gosh, yeah, so much time. Like so much time. <laughs> yeah, and you gotta make it good too. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Like I feel like people are like, why don't you just go to the court? And I'm like. That's not fun. Like, no shade if you want to do that. But, like, I'm definitely, you know, I'm definitely a rough, strong girl. I can be. But I'm like, a, I'm like a fairy. I want that fairy tale wedding. And I want to be able to, like, have my dream wedding. And he supports that and wants the same thing. So we want it to be, like, amazing. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're a pageant girl. So you have to do things big and glittery and glitz and glam. Exactly. So we know exactly what we want. We know where we want to get married. It's just a matter of, you know, when is a good time to slow down and celebrate together. But right now we're like, okay, we're making moves. We're making moves. (laughs) Yeah. And I like that too. I think it's good to just like focus on you guys' self and you guys' foundation first before you try to start building stuff on a rocky foundation. And, you know, then you never like, you never had time for you. You know. exactly yep I, I just feel like too like not that it has to happen that way but when you get married it opens the window to having a family and like you know once you have children it definitely is not about you anymore I mean <laughs> so yeah. you know I'm just I've never been the traditional type when I was a little girl I was never against marriage but I dreamt of like being on stage rather than like dreaming of like the dream wedding now that I have someone special I dream about it and you know I know what I want but like as a child, I always wanted to just accomplish, like, what I'm doing now, which is really nice to be able to say. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you are quite accomplished, I will say that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And it's cool. Like, I definitely celebrate my accomplishments, but I'm always thinking about, like, the next thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm like, okay, we had our fun. We, You know, like, what's next? Like, I have, like, planner, and I write my affirmations daily of the things that I'm working on, and I practice visualization for my next big goals just like I did with practicing um visualizing me being crowned Miss United States so I definitely keep that routine going and applying it to other areas of my life oh that's really good so do you feel like self-care and being mindfulness and visualization is like the key to life like to get anything you want I absolutely do believe in that I really believe in the law of attraction 
I know the secret made like billions of dollars and it's my dream to one day like write a book of all of my hidden secrets. Um, and as a life coach and therapist, I share that with my clients, you know, um, but I can't wait to do more independent life coaching work, um, more books. Um, I'll be starting a YouTube channel, like just doing, sharing all of my hacks because I truly believe that we accomplish so much by like the, the whole concept of working under pressure or, you know, being hard on ourselves, pushing ourselves. And I tell people that you can still accomplish so much while being your biggest cheerleader. And it's going to feel so much better to be meeting your milestones and accomplishing goals while being kind to yourself. True. That's so true. Do you do like self-talk? Like, do you like address yourself as Andromeda or do you say I? I say I because the universal language is I am. And oh. the thought is, is that those are the two most powerful words. And um, when you put um, power behind what it is that you're working on, the way you say it, the way you write it down, the way you look yourself in the eye, when you say it to yourself in the mirror, you're putting it out there in the universe and the universe conspires to make it happen. It sounds very pseudoscience, but... Law of attraction does work. <laughs> and a lot of people who are high achievers can tell you Jim Carrey, Oprah, Serena Williams, all these big names are people who have practiced this, who have believed in themselves through adversity. I mean, I think at one point Jim Carrey was sleeping in his car and there's a clip actually on YouTube where he wrote a check for himself, a million dollars for acting services rendered. And what did he get from his first movie with Dumb and Dumber? A million dollars. That was his first million. So he put it out there. He put in the work. And it came true. So, and that's exactly what I did with the pageant, what I'm doing now with other things and what I help my clients do with life coaching and through therapy. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. I've been looking more into it and I, and I'm going to practice it myself. I just, I don't know. I, I love the secret and I think about it often, but I don't really practice it. I'm just like, oh, I know the happens, but I don't really put it into practice, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's so easy to like to start. It's like introducing something new into your life, but once you do it more, it becomes a part of your regular routine, you know, just like, you know, prayer. If you, if you pray, like, it's just like, excuse me, just like, it's just like that. Okay. All right. So I have a quick, I have some quick questions to ask you. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I, I should call this like a segment. Like <laughs> you should. <laughs> All right. So one, what is your favorite place to travel? Anywhere where there's an ocean. I am definitely a beach girl. <laughs> Oh, nice. Um, do you have a favorite country you've been to or favorite state you've been to? Um, I love New York City, but I also just came back from Dubai a few months ago and there was nothing like it. So those are my two top two as of now. It might change later. <laughs> You're the second queen who mentioned Dubai. Really? Oh my yes. gosh, it's life changing. Like I, I can't wait to go back. I'm definitely, I went, I went for the Huda Beauty Overachiever campaign. So that was like my first introduction to it, which was so special, but I definitely want to go back. <laughs> oh, so you met her? Oh my gosh, I, I was with them all day. She and Mona. It was a whole campaign. Oh my goodness. Um, okay, well, we can talk about that. But <laughs> so then, what was your? What would be your top three best advice that you received, either during your passing days or so far during your reign? Best advice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm, there's so much advice. Okay, let's. Okay, start from the beginning. Um, during competing. Um, during competing, I was working with Heather, someone who is a mental coach and, um, 
she her father is a gold medalist and wrote a book called winning in mind every pageant girl please read it and um I called her up at nationals because I was nervous and she told me Andromeda I want you to imagine that the pageant is over that you've got your um, crown or no crown you're with the girls at the end of the week and she's like and everything is done but if you could snap your fingers and go back to the beginning, what would you change? And I said, I just want to have more fun and make it more of an enjoyable experience so it doesn't feel like I'm just here for a crown. And she goes, well, take that and keep it with you for the rest of the week. So that was really great advice. Oh. <laughs> and I was able to let go and have fun and socialize more. I mean, I was already, I'm pretty social, but, you know, just no pressure. I, I walked through the rest of the week with no pressure. And it was great. I was optimistic, but no pressure. And then um, second advice was really um, – I was, so after this recently, like maybe a few months ago, I was feeling a little overwhelmed. Um, it's a very busy schedule. And I thought I was busy in preparing for nationals the few past few years, but it's a whole other kind of busy right now. <laughs> and to the point where I have to schedule my self-care and schedule family time and all the things that, you know, you just kind of do on your regular routine. I have to schedule it, even though I am still living home and still going to work sometimes and doing what I have to do in that area as a therapist and life coach. But I was, I was feeling really drained and I was, my glass was feeling empty. So I was told to give myself one day. If I can't do a full day, at least a full half day where I'm not on social media, I'm not answering emails, I'm not doing anything for anyone except for myself. And that has helped me feel so replenished and so emotionally charged. And yeah. And third advice. Hmm, let's see. Really going back to self-love. And um, no one told me this, but just in my own inner work, when I meditate and do a lot of reading about um, other pioneers before me who promoted a lot of the self-care and self-love arena, it's really getting to a point where your thoughts become your best friend because your thoughts are with you 24-7. And I believe that we put things out there in the universe that we don't want to have happen for ourselves. So if we can just take a step back and be mindful, we can take control back of our lives in a lot of ways. So that's the best advice. <laughs> okay. I love it. I love it. What has been the most defining moment in your life as Miss United States? Ooh, honestly, I'm going to have to talk about Dubai. And <laughs> um, when I sat down with Huda and Mona and I was a little nervous and I'm, I'm never really nervous for stuff like this. I do really well speaking on the fly, but um, I was a little nervous because they're amazing. I mean, come on, who wouldn't be? <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> so, but. And I feel like they're, they're true, like go-getters too in the beauty industry. They're true go-getters. My goodness. The whole family is amazing. So I put my essential oils on, lowered my heart rate, got me in a good place. did some deep breathing. I walked into the interview room with them, billion cameras everywhere. And I was like, I'm just going to speak from the heart. And I spoke to, I spoke through the heart so much that I almost cried. Um, probably more than I even did at Miss United States because I had more time, obviously, <laughs> to speak. Because mm -hmm. you know, it's timed, you know, timed interviews and timed on stage question. But this was kind of just open conversation. And when I got to talk about mindset to women who are such high achievers who understood who were like, I'm going to take a letter out of your book and keep it to myself to help me in my difficult times. 
I walked out of there like not only did I have this amazing opportunity and because of this have so many other doors opening up for me but I walked out and I I inspired Huda Beauty (laughs) and the whole team like to hear them take that positive positive feedback and just explaining my story and what got me to where I am now I was like okay Andromeda you're definitely going to do your your books and be a best-selling author you're definitely going to be a great life coach like you're going to help so many other high-achieving women just like them, just because when you're authentic in who you are and you're just leading by example, people get it. People catch on because they see if she's doing it, there's no difference between us. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a defining moment for me. Um, and being able to walk, go over there just with the thought process of being a part of a photo shoot, having a sit-down interview being connected with another agency after that, like, I just, I feel like I'm buckled in and I'm ready to see what happens, (laughs) what happens next. And how did you kind of get that opportunity to um, fly to Dubai and meet and meet them? Well, it was a competition. It was a Huda Huda Beauty Overachiever competition. And, um, you know, you just talk about why you're an overachiever. It was for the launch of their Overachiever Concealer this year. And one of my best friends from college nominated me. And just told them my life story. And I got a call back a few days later. Oh, well, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> I would agree. I think you definitely are an overachiever. Oh, thank you. And then, and then I also, the other defining moment was being able to watch the documentary and the film all together on the end. Like the compilation of just my clip and the compilation of all the other overachievers clips. I was like boohoo sobbing like I'm not even kidding like (laughs) it was really inspiring to be inspired by others and to also be moved by myself I think sometimes we're just we live in our skin we live in our bodies and we don't see how amazing we are to me that was like holy crap man like I'm pretty amazing you know like (laughs) yeah you know and I can help other people feel that they're amazing too so that's what it was for me and I'm so grateful for that experience it was life-changing Literally. <laughs> Aw. Wait, wait, wait. I asked a secret question. What were the men like in Dubai? Um, some of them are really beautiful. Um <laughs> some of them <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm just, you know, I I admire everyone, even women. The women are beautiful too. Everyone's beautiful over there. Okay, you know. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um and for me it was like a big melting pot because when I got off the plane and the driver picked us up, I was like, this feels like a Las Vegas in the Middle East, kind of. Like, you know, it's definitely an Arabic and Muslim country for sure. Like, I have little prayer rooms, and they take time out of the day to have their prayer announcements and all that. And it was cool being around the culture. Um, but there's such a melting pot because Dubai is, like, up and coming. So a lot of people who are starting businesses from all over the world will go there. A lot of young people and stay there for a few years, and they'll leave and go back to their home countries with their abundance, or they'll stay there. But it's like, it attracts so many people. So I met people from the UK who live there, different parts of America who live there, India, people who are from Dubai, obviously Americans, you know, Huda and Mona, like, their family, they're from Tennessee. (laughs) So, yeah, and they moved there about nine years ago, I think. So, you know, it was just, you got to see everyone and everything and everyone really, to me, seemed like a, like a high achiever, you know, doing something amazing, at least on the outside with their lives. And them were very sweet. And maybe it's because I was in the United States, but everybody was so nice and so helpful and just so amazing. And I got the best treatment and it was such an amazing, amazing time. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Um, next question. What is your why? Mm, well, obviously to inspire so many people. Um, I don't want to inspire people so that they look at me and say, I want to be like her. I want to inspire people so that I can say, what makes you amazing? And you can give me a list of 10 to 20 things on the fly. Like, mm. I want to help people feel that proud of themselves, that connected with themselves, and that in love with themselves. And no matter what platform I get next, whether it's whoever takes off first, whether it be music or modeling or being an influencer or whatever happens the quickest <laughs> or at the same time, I'm using every single platform to spread that message to so many people. And Huda Beauty was the start of being able to spread that message to millions. And I want to be able to keep that going because I have a lot to say. And I think that the world needs to hear more positivity. I think that we're flooded with so much bad news that it's time for some good news. <laughs> yeah. I, I would have to totally agree with that too. It's yeah. just like, man, like give me some good, give me something good, you know, like, Ugh. And I feel, I feel like that affects mental health too. Like always getting hit with bad news or yeah, something different every day. It's just like really, it's so much. So yeah. Ugh. All right. I know you mentioned a book earlier, and I kind of missed it. But do you have a book recommendation for us? Um, I have two. Um, for any pageant competitors, winning in mind by Lanny Basham. B A S as in Sam. S as in Sam. H a M as in Michael. Okay. Um, and also, I believe it's called, it's by Louise Hay. Um, L-O-U-I-S-E-H-A-Y. And I believe it's called You Can Heal Your Life. And it's a great introduction into self-love. So um, that's really what helped me design my own curriculum. Um, I'll have an ebook available soon that I'm working on. And I'm also working with people as a life coach for individual consulting, um, not just for pageantry, but for whatever it is that you want to accomplish, because there's definitely a method to incorporating these different tips and skills into your life. So um, you can also reach out to me on social media as well, or via email, um, andromedapeters at gmail.com or missunitedstates2018 at gmail.com. Oh, and so when you're not busy being a therapist or being an amazing fiance or an amazing <laughs> Miss United States. What what do you do with the three minutes of free time that you have a day? Amazing is my favorite word. Well, <laughs> <laughs> number one, um, I just try and pick different. If I if I have the most hectic day ever, I try and find bits and pieces of everything that can make me feel balanced. So, but definitely movement. Um, I um, can't go to the gym every day, but I like to make sure that I'm getting stretching in um, or just getting some planks and some abs, just something to help me feel strong. Because for me, like I love the dopamine that you get from exercise and moving your body. And I love being able to treat my body to a good workout. And I make an appointment with myself to make sure that I'm getting what I need. Um, also making sure that I'm meditating every day, which is just taking like 15, 20 minutes to just sit in the quiet and just do some deep breathing and connecting with my breath and my body and, you know, a body scan, like where am I having aches and pains? What are my current anxieties and fears that I can work on? I write my affirmations down every day um, in the morning or before I go to bed, whatever it is that I'm working on accomplishing, I write it down. So for example, in preparation for my um, current title, my affirmation was, I am Miss United States. So whatever it is that you want, you're writing it down. I am like, as if you're already living it. 
and um, making sure I have time for some delicious food. It can't always <laughs> be like the rich food that I want to have. Okay, I've got to maintain, but just something that I enjoy. Like for me, like a meal and eating is a sacred time. I do not think it's cute to be eating on your feet or to be rushing and scrapping it down. Like take the time to chew your food completely, enjoy it and be grateful for it. Um, creativity, if I can't sing, sometimes I just don't have time or the space, I'll draw, I like to draw. And I also like to learn something new every day, whether that be through a podcast or a YouTube video or a book, like always just keeping my mind sharp um, and just learning something. So I try to give myself a full package and um, also having that downtime, like watching my favorite movies or anime or, you know, just doing things that I love. Online shopping, you know, there's stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So just focusing on, on you, really. Yeah, it sounds like time. And like, it's, I love me time. I feel so fulfilled because it's like, no one can give you me time. Like nobody can make that happen for you, but you, and you have to be okay with being by yourself sometimes and like enjoying that time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and like taking yourself out on dates, like, yeah, nails, you know, or can your hair, I, I love that time. I'm just like, you know, totally let go of everything in those moments. <laughs> so true. So true. And do you have any life advice or any kind of like personal affirmation that you would like to leave with our audience today? Hmm. Honestly, it's so hard to just give one. <laughs> I would say, um, well, just you... talk to us, just share what you got. Okay. So I saw this affirmation once that said, um, Look at what you've accomplished already. And you've accomplished all that you've accomplished with self-doubt, with self-criticism, with comparing yourself to others, with feeling like you're not enough. Now imagine what you can accomplish if you are applauding yourself, cheering yourself on, being happy for other people's successes because realizing that there's enough in the universe for everyone. Like just because one girl gets a part or one girl gets something, it doesn't mean that there's anything less for you. Um, so truly being happy and thankful for other people and thankful for what you're accomplishing also. So just giving yourself a different state of mind, because if you can begin to truly embrace you altogether, imperfections included, and intentionally decide what it is that you want to accomplish in life, I think you'll be blown away. Aww. Oh, my goodness. Well, I sincerely appreciate you joining us on this podcast today of course I had so much fun I love interviews so I had a really (laughs) good time (laughs) yeah absolutely and I really do appreciate it because you know you're such an amazing woman and I think when your story like has to be told and has to be shared because people just see what they see on social media but it's great that we got kind of got to know the real you today and I really appreciate you opening up to us and having those conversations that needs to be had especially from (laughs) beauty queens and title holders that's part of your jobs exactly so it's nice to be able to have an opportunity to just you know speak from the heart and share that with all of our listeners so thank you so much for having me I really had a lot of fun letting you all in (laughs) oh well thanks Andromeda thank you So, how are your glasses? Are they empty? I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode with Andromeda. 
And as always, thank you so much for listening to Pageants and Prosecco. Thank you for all the people who are supporting me on this podcast and for those who are reaching out to be on the podcast. We are approaching close to 1,000 listeners on my episodes, and which is kind of freaky to say because holy cow, thank you guys so much. I never knew when I started this how big it would be. And now I have Miss United States on my episodes. Yay! <laughs> Well, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, please like and subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends and all those you love in the pageant world and everybody, pageants or not. Until next episode, you guys, cheers, and I'll talk to you later. Peace. <laughs>